0: Why struggle through a post-merger integration when you can glide through it? Why deal with the PMI integration challenges when you can overcome them even before they occur? Why move slow when you can move at pace? What are the world's leading PMI experts doing right now to achieve profit-accelerating integrations? This podcast will give you all the answers to these questions and many more. My name is Dudley Peacock and welcome to the 100 days and beyond podcast hello hey Navika, how are you
1: yeah well, listen just in this specific exact moment my computer went to reboot so i connected from my cell phone uh, but it will take probably one minute to finish the reboot nah, so. no
0: there's bye no bye there's bye. no there's no pressure whenever you're ready no no pressure at all
1: Okay, actually, you know, it already rebooted what I need now. Do you need me to put us to, to put the jacket of the suit or or it's not mm, needed?
0: relaxed? It's a nice conversation between two, two hopefully like minded individuals. You can relax, you can just be, be yourself. A lot of it's uh, audio, it's a lot of the um, uh, sort of podcasts will be audio. We'll only do one or two channels with video. So and most of the, uh, the podcasts, we try and do in a relaxed uh, format. We're we really trying to be human and authentic. I don't know if that, if that makes any sense to you, but that is, uh, that's the goal.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. You know, okay, computer rebooted. So now uh, it's just reopening the Outlook so that I can open the link and, and the rest will be, will be good to go. I just yeah. want
0: to get the get the correct way to pronounce your your name. Um it's, so it's Novika. Novika.
1: Yeah, it's Novika.
0: Novika yeah. and your and your surname because if I look at the um the LinkedIn profile, you've got two additional names.
1: Yeah, it's Novika, Mardovic Vianello. Yeah, I have two last names. Mardovic. mardovic Vianello. vianello 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 double l not blend not vianello vianello okay yeah Yeah. vianello 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 Vianello. yeah that's 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 right you
0: know so okay cool apologies i'm not
1: (laughs) great you know so uh yeah so good um yeah, a few more seconds, it's, uh, you know, it always happens like that, that it gets rebu- rebooted. Um, yeah, so um,
2: just a few more seconds and, and, and it'll be good.
1: Okay, are there any um, preliminary preliminary questions that you would like to, um, to share?
0: we no, we're going to go through the the journey of how you got in into this world if you like um you're welcome to share whatever journey you feel comfortable with uh, we're going to be talking around a few golden nuggets um especially in your high-tech um your photonics um environment so uh, your background, how you got into it, what your focus areas are, um, and then some challenges, and 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 your method of working, that sort of thing, and then what's happening, you know, what do you think is going to happen into the future? Really, just a conversation between two two individuals, just talking about um, the essentially. The podcast is about the um, it's called Hundred Days and Beyond, so it's very much uh, about once an acquisition has taken place, once there's actually a a merge or or some kind of integration that has to take place. So whatever that integration means uh, in your world, that will be useful for the audience. Um, And it takes on many shapes and forms. So there's no hard and fast rule. It's really just being nice and relaxed and and
1: just enjoying it. Okay, sounds sounds good. Um, mm. I don't know why it's not repeating. If it continues like that, we can stay with. Uh, how is
0: this audio? The audio is very good. Um, but let's let's give it a minute or so. No, don't don't stress. I I prefer to have video if we if we can. Um, okay. but you know if we can't, then
2: it's also not a it's not a transmit.
1: Yeah, because I left the office like 20 minutes ago, preferring to do this one from home, you know, because there isn't less noise, less people, and so on. And um but by doing so, probably I forced it. Um probably I forced to turn off the computer, you know, which at that point, you know, is bringing me this issue, you know, with the uh, rebooting of the outlook, you know. Um because the only thing I need from the Outlook is the is the link, you know. So um you know what i'm thinking should i try to open it directly without clicking on the link because in this case i won't have that that issue um might make sense okay join the meeting meeting id eight four eight eight
2: six seven Zero three three five seven. Because in this case
1: I don't have to wait. Oh, actually, it works. In this case, I don't have to wait the Outlook to reboot. You know.
2: Hmm. Yeah. That works. So you should be joining shortly on a on a second link because I've accepted you, I've admitted you. That, there you are, I can see some visuals. Okay,
1: then let me disconnect from this one, you know, so.
2: Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you well. Oh, hold on. No, it should work. Is it good? It's good. It's
0: good. You've got
2: a bit of flashing on your screen. I'm not sure why. Uh, it's like it's picking up some kind of interference, you know, like... Uh,
0: electrical or some kind of interference. I'm not sure why, but it's not it's not a it's not a major major problem. It's just gives little little lines
1: of flashes and so on. Yeah, let's see what they can do about that. Probably seems like nothing.
0: Yeah, we just get the tech sorted. You know what it's like It's
1: always a... <laughs> Yeah, that's Yeah, um, it doesn't seem like I can fix that. So I can only the the only thing I can do is to change the camera. Uh,
0: you could, uh, or just just try just log in again, log out, log back in again. Let's just see if that that will fix it. Because sometimes that's all it takes. It just takes a switching off Zoom and then just logging back into Zoom again.
1: Oh, I don't think this is something I want to do because in this case I'll have to. Reboot the um, the I don't item, know, okay, no, know. no, don't,
0: don't, don't do that then, yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, we fine, I think, if, if because most of it's audio anyway, um, and then we'll try and filter out the lines that are flashing,
2: yeah, that's um. is like
1: super strange because i actually disconnected this um no i'm i'm afraid i cannot do much about that unless to change the camera is this acceptable? is that a is
0: that a quick job or is it is it a, a long a long job the camera yeah let's see I don't want you to feel under pressure. There's no, there's no pressure um, no, at all. It's okay. it's
2: okay. Let me change the camera. that's
1: much better that's perfect okay yeah that's good okay
0: yeah that's perfect there's no more flashing lines uh it's coming across clearly so brilliant that's excellent okay, okay now i've lost the sound now for some reason let me
1: just see did you lose the sound
0: oh there we go there we go okay let come back let's come back
1: yeah, I can, um, I can, I can fix that though, if needed. Let me, let me try. How is this? It's okay. Maybe just a bit of volume. I, I, it's just a little soft. Okay. What about this? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Okay. Yeah, because it, it, it seems like I have three microphones. So, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Okay. I think we're we're sort of good now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've got the text sorted out, and, uh, and 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 so on. So I'm going to just um we'll, we'll, I'm going to re-record the introduction. But um the, the what I'm going to do is just to get you into the sort of sewing of things. I'm going to do a, an introduction, um, and then uh, just take that as your cue, and then we'll I'll start you off with a, with a question. Um, then we can then. Always look, re-look at your bio. Um, obviously we need a little photograph of you to go onto the onto the podcast because you are a, are a guest. And uh, it's really just to get the get the flow going. Uh, and then you can then after that, we can always edit the intro. The the recording, if at any stage you get stuck or something like that, we can cut bits out. That's not a it's not a problem. We could we could change things around. So there's a there's some editing that can always happen. During the course, almost always the guys just keep on talking, and they just, you know, if you get stuck somewhere, just start the story again and, and just keep going. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter because we can edit, edit it out, and it, it's very, it's professional done um, at the end of it. So I'm just going to kick off. Hopefully, I pr- uh, pronounce your your name correctly, Novika Mordovik vianello
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Okay, excellent. Okay. So great. All right. Um, welcome, everybody. We at uh, the 100 Days and Beyond, we're busy with the next episode. We've got an absolutely brilliant person today with us, uh, very much focused on, on, on high-tech, uh, Novika mordovic Vianello. I hope I pronounced it properly. And he's a general partner and managing director at Add Value. So what a CV, uh, Novica. I'm going to quickly go through a few key things. For me, some of the things that stood out were uh, the, the high-tech, the photonics, which you're going to have to explain to the audience what, what that is, and then just looking at the languages that you speak. I mean, Italian, English, um, Russian, some uh, uh, French, Serbian. I mean, you, you, you can pretty much... Sit in any boardroom across Europe, and in and most places across the world. So that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and then just looking at, uh, at at the actual, if I look at your your uh, your profile, you're skilled in MA and A, you uh, corporate venture capital, you uh, product lifecycle management, operations and manufacturing, CRM, R and D and sales management. Strong professional, graduated from. A number of business colleges and so on. So we really, I mean, we've got a, a, a someone here today, uh, and, and I think we're going to have a great discussion. I'm really looking forward to it, and I think there's some some key things. So fiber optics, high tech. I mean, this is a this is this is stuff that's that's current and it's and it's things that are happening uh, right here and now. So let's have a let's have a listen. So welcome, Novika.
1: Thanks a lot, Dudley. Thanks. It's it's good to have you. Good to be with you here.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Tell us how you got into this because wow, what a journey. I mean, before before we started the podcast, you and I had a bit of a discussion, and you've had an incredible journey. And I'd love the audience to hear how you got, where you started. I mean, you you where you started and how you got into this world that that just seems to be ongoing and 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 it's an ongoing pressures, but also enjoyment as well at the same time. Tell us your journey. Let us let us hear it.
1: Um, yeah, actually it started pretty simple with the way that I'm, I'm an optoelectronics engineer. Um, well, optoelectronics, and we'll speak a bit later about the photonics in general, is the way how you, you change the electron, um, electron to, fo- to photon, you know. So instead of electronics, you're getting the light. I mean, think about the laser. You give it to the current and, and you get the light out of that or think about your light bulb. If you if you wish and, and that's that's what what the optoelectronics and photonics says. So i started in late 1990s, uh, actually in 98. I started working as an engineer. Um, spent um, probably five years uh, designing um, and and being a, a development engineer. Um, and after that, uh, due to the fact that, um, that the photonics and similar, um, I would say cross technology uh, um, topics are uh, something that, that gives you a little bit of a visibility. You know For example, if you're, if you're just programming you know, and if you're spending all of whole of your day to program, you know, in this case you're, you're having a bit of narrow vision. on the other side, if you're a programmer that is also thinking about firmware, basically about how to implement that, if it's thinking about your customer, Oh, they will look into that it is the same programmer but it's basically having a, a little bit of different uh, visibility so also in the case of photonics because it's basically electronics and the optics and the application and the telecom and the medical you are you're getting a bit bit of a vision of the world um so at certain point of time i was asked by uh, by uh, my management you know if i would like to move from uh, pure research and development more Uh, toward the uh, business development so that i could speak with the customers i could speak with suppliers i could speak with our engineering uh, commercial sales and so on and i found it very very interesting because instead of sitting whole day just in the in the lab and testing the lasers you know it would give me also the visibility of where my lasers are used you know and seems according to uh, my old boss that i was a good engineer but still decided to move and and he never understood you know why i did it you know what's more fun than sitting in the lab and just programming um so yeah after after that pretty much i i started being involved in uh, merger and acquisition uh teams you know back then it was these were the days of of big jds uniface that many of you recall as, as a um, stock market darling um company that at a certain point of time had over uh, 37,000 people and was doing serial acquisition uh, I joined the team of m um, a due to the fact that I could discuss the technology I could discuss the engineering part but also the implementation and um, and and I had a lot of to learn from people that are that were back then coming from uh, investment banking or just a pure m a you know so my position was a little bit different due to the fact that I was having a background that was technical you know not of the investment banking you know but which proved to be good for my career while investment bankers are still running the MA world you know somebody who could sit at two chairs maybe speak with engineers then speak with the ceo and then speak with the customer uh proved to be of, uh, of the added value and this is something that i would in general uh suggest to people you know to be able to sit on um on multiple panels on so maybe technical one but also uh, merger or or integration activities you know after that particularly that, that we're speaking here about 100 days and beyond uh, so yeah then I moved to m from an m I moved to corporate venture capital uh, was involved in in some of the biggest um, investments in the uh, photonics and telecom world in early pre dot com boom uh, I was involved also in post.com boom, you know, with the reconsolidation of the market. Uh, 20 years fast forward, uh, decided to move more in uh, investment funds like private equity and m um, and So we are running out value, uh, which is um, club syndicate club deal and m and boutique. Uh, we are doing m both for us. Uh, we are an active investor, we find companies and we invest in, in them first. And after that, we invite also other investors to join us in, um, in a syndicate club deal. In many cases, we're just doing a pure m when we are invited uh, by other investors just to do the technical part of uh, m a uh, basically a due diligence and analysis and info memo. And in this case, we're also involved in, uh, in integration activities post-merger.
0: Oh, that's that's magnificent. That's that that is one incredible journey. And and t- t- tell us a little bit more. I mean, so add value is 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 involved in multiple types of deals. You also uh, probably more advisory and so on. But as I mean, you got two roles. Uh, you got the general partner role, which you which I imagine you know is is. Takes up a certain element, and then you've got the managing director role. So, do you do you deal with internally in your organization? Do you deal mostly mostly with customers on the external? What's your sort of role? How do you how do you what's your day look like? Well, Novika, what's your day? I mean, there must be so many things happening all the time. I'm guessing that one week to the next might not look the same. Tell us tell us a day in the world of Novica. <laughs>
1: Um, you know, one thing I can say for sure, it's not boring, you know, when I think about my days in the R&D lab, these were nice days, you know, I was 20-something and so on, but but I wish I left that world even earlier, you know, because uh, being in, uh, in in this world is super interesting because every day is different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, now it's uh, it's 6 p.m. here and you really don't want to hear my day, you know, because uh, pretty much I did four things and and I really don't feel like tired because because it's great actually. All those four things were completely different, you know. Um, just just a hint, you know. I was in a panel of, of club deal investors. We were brought three investments to review, um, and 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 that was in Bologna, which is 200 kilometers away. You know. After that, um, had a discussion about our new uh, fund. Uh, and, uh, once, once we were done, it was in Milan in downtown. And after that, uh, went to see the company that, that is our next, uh, investment target, you know? So, um, tomorrow instead is an MA day where we are working for an external third party, where we have to analyze one company that is brought to us. So, um, keep in mind that our world, um, being a boutique advisory and investor it's not big you know it's 11 of us you know so (coughs) so all of us have to do multiple tasks and and i would really have to say that it's really black and white you know we're having very often uh people that we hire that after just two months they just cannot do it you know they prefer Mm -hmm. to go in the office at nine o'clock and finish at six and go to do the barbecue or, or 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 anything. For us, there are some days which are completely boring when we are doing a bit of advertising, sorry, a bit of advising, you know, and there are some days which are, uh, which are very rich and you're doing completely different things. And, 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 and definitely you have to be a person for that. You know, you have to be able to, to, to switch activities because at the end, these activities are complementary. Hmm. Uh, to give you one example, um, this morning we found a company where we want to invest, and it was part of the club deal. So we took on us, uh, it's, a, it's a club of 12 investors called uh, Club 12, You know, and when each of us is doing something else, you know, we are the part that is doing M&A and analysis. There is one guy that is ex-banker, another guy that is investment banker, another guy that was ex-head of uh, PwC, and so on. Between 12 of us, we pretty much can cover the entire investment um, part, of that, and in this case, you know, it was a pure, um, it was a pure, it, it, already in this case, it, it, it wasn't pure, wanted to say, because it was already a mix of, of, of thinking about M&A and thinking about the investments. So all of these are pretty much complementary. Uh, if we find the deal, then we do the full due diligence, Of course, sometimes we have to ask external people to do certain things like anti-money laundry or compliance and this kind of things that are more technical uh, or legal. Um, But we find the company and we do the analysis and the due diligence. And then we invite appropriate investors for that. For example, if we are investing in robotics, we find the guy that has a precedent of using robotics in his factories. This guy is like super useful because he understands some of the things much better than we do. And we can even put that guy in the board of, of, of that company that we invest. And that's a part of the general partner. On the other side, if you're speaking about the advisory and you know being a managing director, in this case, we don't find the target. It's somebody else who brings us that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a recently an example of Asian investor that wanted to invest in certain sector and they came to us saying like, well, listen, we want to invest in this sector. We found these two companies. Can you bring us a few more so that we'll review where we want to invest? Actually, we brought them three more, but we admitted to them that, that among the two that they brought, one is better than all the others. You know? So we were not keen to push our uh, finding, findings. You know? But we simply said that out of these five, the first one on their list is the best company. Uh, in this case we did hold the job of um of a full due diligence and MA, um, which happened to be one of the nicest spots in uh, 2021. The company is still holding for a difference of many other. Uh, so it's 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 pretty good company. Uh, but it's it wasn't found by us, you know. So our back office did a wonderful job, even in the case, even in the case where we were not doing um the finding of the company, you know, uh, and and then after the acquisition was done, we were asked actually to follow that company, uh, basically their integration activities, how they would fit to the rest of uh, the system, you know, post SPAC, and, uh, and to make sure that everything would work well, you know, so I wouldn't say these are different jobs because these are all propedeutical for the same activity whether we invest or whether we don't invest you know we are still finding these companies doing a due diligence on these companies and doing integration activities uh, you know uh, even at a certain point keeping them in the in mind for the product life cycle you know of the company uh, So yeah it all goes uh, together but it's, it's not this is not a job for the fainted heart. Or for for somebody who who really wants to finish you know friday 4 p.m. and and just go for a for a long weekend you know sometimes we don't have a weekend sometimes we have 6 days or 7 days weekend because there is nothing to work on
0: that's that's fascinating so so if if to to summarize the the traits of um of an individual of of someone that that suits this environment is 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 clearly someone that that needs that kind of continuous change, challenge, Uh, I I imagine, I mean, with your, with your educational background, you could probably speak the language of, of multiple disciplines within the, the companies that you, that that you engage with, so it's, for me, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a certain type of individual, so there's not just the skill set, but there's also the personality that that, that kind of trait Do you want to maybe just expand a little bit on that so if if we had to say these are the top three four five things that are that are really good mna integration or a deal-making environment what what what's the what's what are the essential traits that you think
1: um you, you know I, I would say that that there was also an element of luck in my career uh, because i i had exposures to certain elements that you have mentioned not because i was super curious you know to enter into that you just enter in certain group and then the guy that is your boss quits and then you have to cover also some of the things that in the plan he was like okay you know we you do this and i'll take care about that and then the guy quits you know and, and 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 you suddenly have to do also his part of the job and you really don't know but you know at that point you get mentored by somebody who explain you the underlying mathematics of uh, of, uh, of all of that you know so <clears throat> what, what my general recommendation is for people to have the experience with a big uh, international corporation i recall you know at, at like at nimftronics corporation we were like 67 nationalities you know so it's super good when you when you have definitely very high level of diversity among the people you know these guys are shy I mean the entire nation is shy you know I'm not trying to to make you know to be a to make general points you know it's it's just that the way how you're behaving when you're negotiating with a for example with a Japanese guy or with Italian or Spanish it's very different mm-hmm. you know even people that are speaking the same language that are from different part of uh, of the country or from different countries speaking the same language, you know you really have to be careful about cultural differences, you know, not to not, not speaking about negotiating with uh, some Arab nations, you. Know? Uh, you really have to have a full respect on, on people and on their uh, particularities. There is no way to just to be born with that. You have to have that experience. What's better than working in a big company? You know In a big company, you're simply meeting these kinds of guys. You're being sent to negotiate in Dubai. As much as you are, and after that you go to japan and and there is no uh, more different. And after that you go to Israel, and then you just get you know completely different situations. So those kind of negotiating skills is something you have to learn. you know, nobody's born with that. Um, and you have to really have your eyes and ears open, you know, not to say something wrong uh, and and just to learn, you know not to learn by doing, but to learn by watching other people how to do it, you know so, um, my general recommendation is work a couple of years to a big company, try to get exposure to different nations, try to get exposure to different business units, go to sales, go to M&A, go to accounting. Um, for example, when I was doing my MBA, I, I was offered because at that point I was already on a high position, you know, I was offered to do the executive MBA. I rejected that because executive MBA is, is just for people so that they can use the finance numbers you know um instead i decided to go to a full-blown uh mba three and a half years uh because i wanted to learn the accounting i wanted mm. to learn how people that are maybe two levels below me how they're thinking you know so i wanted to become cpa you know uh, i didn't need it you know uh, finance human resources and all of these kind of things so uh the only way to do it is if you're in a big company after that when i thought that i'm good with that and that i'm good with cultures and so on i moved to a startup which at that point was a serious b company you know they had only a few rounds of investments mm-hmm. bleeding cash all over the place <laughs> uh you know uh, i was there employee number 200 when i left it was like seven thousand people and so on so when you were employee 200 You know, really, you have to do so many things. There is no question if you want to pick up the airplane tomorrow and go to Moscow. And it's snow, you know, it's cold (laughs) there, you know, Uh, there is no question. You say, well, really, I don't want to participate in negotiations because this is not my part of job. Well, the next thing next, you go to the contract manufacturer in Thailand and you sit on the table with the people that you've seen first time and you get briefed 10 minutes before of that. What? why you are there at all, you know, it, it is when you are working for the startup, you know. So, so I would say the traits that are needed uh, in, in order to do that, it's, it's related with curiosity of the person. It's uh, genuinely related with the fact of being humble. Because if you don't know to do something, if you're not humble, if you go to Japan and if you behave like what, how I would behave, I live in Milan in Italy, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't get too far there. So you have to learn from the people to, that know how to speak, how to behave with Japanese, you know. So, so yeah, you have to be humble. You have to listen. Um, and um, uh, so, so, yeah, as, and, and then the willingness to, to have different experiences, like a big multinational company versus, versus a small startup where you have to be a secretary and you have to be a clerk and and you have to ship the samples by DHL, and then you have to drive somewhere, you know, to see if it all works. And in the evening, you have to put back your tie and maybe take your supplier for a dinner, you know, showing that you are actually a respectable company, you know. So uh, yeah, th- these would be the, the the couple of points, maybe not necessarily threads, but but genuinely curiosity and and humbleness and willingness to understand other people job uh, in order to respect
0: there's definitely a work ethic there as well i mean for me uh, just just listening to you speak you've got to you've got to be able to invest in yourself invest in the in in, in entity that you belong to <clears throat> or that you're working for or or that, that 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 you're part of and it even seems to me from a work ethic and a, and, a, and and the willingness to to keep learning yes it is humble um, I mean, just 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 as a uh, as a side note, do you have any any particular mentors that uh, come to mind in your journey? Were there people along the way that helped you in your journey?
1: Um, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm investing a lot of in startups, and then people expect from you because you did invest the money to be there in uh, mentor. You know, now people are a little bit more open about that, like, oh, will you be my mentor? You know, this back back then, you know, people were just helping you, you know, with the advices, but uh, I was often asking some people, hey, what you just told me is so great. Would you mind if I would every while give you a call and ask you for the opinion about this and that, you know? And you know what? Some people were saying, no, I mean, yeah, I do mind. You know, I don't have time. Oh, really? I don't want, you know, you to call me every morning, you know, to ask me something like, no, 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 I really meant to call you every while just for advice, like, uh, no. But it happened a couple of times, but normally people would react normally if you would say, um, listen, we are doing M&A in Asia. Would you recommend us some legal company, you know, to take care about that? And people would do that. Or, or asking them a question like, um, what do you think? Should I leave that CFO, you know, for some time and then replace him, or immediately replace him, you know? And and people are, very, in many cases like very straightforward, which 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 is something that I would call mentoring, like oh no, you know, if the situation is companies like that, you you just change the CFO immediately, you know. So uh, so yeah, there was um, there was I I did get a lot of mentoring over the course. In many cases, it was more of a of a push than of a pull, you know. I didn't have like a formal uh, shadow guy that would work with me. You know, um, I really had to create a list of people to call in case of trouble or in case of doubt. <coughs> so, but but yeah, you know, generally people, with a couple of exceptions I mentioned, were available to uh, to give you direction and to give you their best. best experience um and and i'm really grateful to them for that
0: well that that's fantastic so so again it's it's uh it's a, a i would say um a positive in terms of your willingness to be curious to ask the questions to get the no you know to get the get that um even sometimes a negative response but but to say look I, I need to learn. I want to know. Tell me more. And finding the right kind of people. What, what's what struck me when, when when we first started the conversation was the your 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 club of twelve appears to me to be almost a mastermind group of individuals that are they all have a, a similar um, uh, let's call it a, let's call it a, the, the same sort of <laughs> outcome they're looking for, but they come from diverse backgrounds and, and it's, it's it to a great extent, you, you're all living out your, your, your passion if, and, and, and your, your uh, skills, but at the moment, you know, you actually by creating these club groups, it's almost like you're creating your own mastermind <laughs> groups. And that, that, that sort of struck me in the beginning. Was that, is that a fair comment?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I would like to add one more thing, you know, it's always important in the life to get surrounded by, um, um, by people that are having different experience, you know. Um, everybody's experience is unique. Um, maybe I'm good in some things. I'm really bad in in some other. And good thing is to know where you are bad, you know, so that you can invite somebody who's good in that. Um, in general, I'm a very big fan of diversity, you know, diversity of skills, but also diversity of backgrounds, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I always, always, always insist is to have at least one one lady in the team Um, it is it is not about you know being modern about diversity esg and so on it is empirical thing you know so many investments that i would have done in my life if i didn't have a lady in the account that would say well listen it's really bad investment you know so i mean ladies have a different brain um, and 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 it's so great to have somebody in the in the straight team that will have of course she must have a courage she must treat you the same and you have to treat her absolutely the same and and she had to have a nerve to tell you this deal is completely bad or you did something on a wrong way you shouldn't be doing this way you know so so diversity is really key you know i'm speaking about men and women but i'm also speaking about different nationalities you know having somebody from from japan or somebody from i would call it more aggressive countries you know including italy or israel which i would probably put on the top uh, of uh, of aggressive countries you know and also as you mentioned you know club 12 as a as a as a diversity of of skills diversity of backgrounds Um, but I would also li- I like to add one more point, you know, I learned M&A by working, uh, as, as mentioned, you know, uh, started as an engineer, did an MBA, worked various things, but you know, some of the things of M&A we were always doing one way. And I was curious, okay, these guys that taught me how to do it this way, these, these guys were at that point of time having maybe 30 years or 40 years more than me. Uh, much more money much more experience and they just told me like well do it this way you know and when I asked them why this way and not the other way because I'm a curious person and I really want to know why they were telling me well we were always doing this way (laughs) you know at certain point of time there was a COVID like a year and a half ago and we were sitting at home we were not allowed to go to office we were doing some deals it was pretty slow Mm. I was pretty bored I have to say, you know, uh, and I did and on my old university from back days, you know, um, Imperial College of London, um, I did an, uh, an M&A course. And, you know, um, on the orientation, they were asking me, uh, I think you were supposed to teach here <laughs> instead of sitting there considering, the, you know, $47 billion track record and, and these kind of things. And I said, no, 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 there are always few things I can learn and i can say that there were some parts of that course which which were a little bit boring but i finally got an answer why we were doing the things always the same way because clearly in the technology you know you cannot invent the hot water i mean you can invent the technology but when you're doing certain things the reason why people are doing always in that way is because they tried also other ways and for technology didn't work you know so it took me 50 years of my life to le- realize that that my curiosity why not doing the different way whereas answered because otherwise we're wrong you know but uh, uh but yeah um something that i would always recommend is particularly if you're changing the scope of your activity or if you're entering in something new take a course now you can get it everywhere um people are doing it online um and 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 at that point you know you can always get Updated knowledge, but you can also find out about new ways of doing things, and it can also explain you why you're doing things, the way you were always doing it.
0: Yeah, I love that I think I think that anecdote is brilliant it's it is absolutely spots on. Um, the, 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 I'm going to change track a little bit in in, in terms of because you got big business experience. You've, you've been part of a startup that grew at a massive rate from 200 to 7,000 staff. Um, the the difference between in-house and uh, outsource skills, um, you know, I I think just like any industry, there's there's probably a limited pool of people that have got. Um, the kind of skill set that you've got, um, and in in the world, if you if you look at the community, there will be people that are more migrant. They will move from one uh, company to the next in terms of employment, be part of new teams. They like to start things. There are other people that like to stay in and, and keep building. There are other people that uh, prefer um, to to be exposed to, to multiple um, industries and, and avenues and so on but but some people like a method of uh, being potentially more outsourced so they won't engage in terms of an employment contract in, in other words have one employer uh, where others prefer having a single employer and multiple projects so give me give me your, your view and your experience the dynamic between the, the outsourced individuals, in-house individuals, in-house teams versus outsourced teams doing not only M&A work, but if we go to integrations, we talk about due diligence, we talk about post-deal due diligence as well, because there's also sometimes some of that. They're also managing specific work streams, because if you look at technology versus um, human resources versus sales, marketing, and so on, each one of the work streams you can't know it all and in-house teams on necessarily have all the resources or if they're big enough they can uh give me just sort of your view on on outsource versus in-house and and that dynamic
1: you know as always you know the true uh, the truth is 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 in the middle you know it depends a little bit from industry to industry uh so um, you know if you're in the FinTech, it's it's different than if you are in in aerospace, robotics, infi- um, artificial intelligence and photonics, where I am, you know, so um, there are in general two points, you know, you need to have some skills in-house, you know, so that you can understand what the company is doing and where it's going to take it, you know, the problem with, uh, with on the other side, you have to also know where to stop, you know, because basically in-house skills how often you are doing big acquisitions a few times you know so you really cannot afford to have the top-notch ex-investment banker you know from Goldman Sachs that is you know um, completely bored and playing golf all day you know because you will eventually need it need him <coughs> need her um, so you really have to have a, a key key team people in the house, but but these people have to know what they're good in and what they're not good in, you know, because it is really important from day one up to day, uh, let's say 200 to involve the external people that are experts for that, you know, and many companies have failed in M&A due to the fact that they try to do it all in house. Many companies also failed M&A because they try to do all outsource, um, something that we often see i'm not going to name any company but there are some you know advisory companies that are having big names and big tickets but in practice they send you a 26 year old um brand new from university and and this guy is super intelligent and he had like the the top grades at his university but he simply doesn't know that he doesn't have experience Mm. and and what's even worse out of that big check that that these guys have sent you, this poor guy is not going to even get the bonus, you know, so for him it's a good experience, but that experience is paid by my company, you know, so um, it is really important to have some key skills in the house from the people that are loyal, from the people that understand the company inside out, Uh, but it's super important that those people don't think that they're almighty, that they're super good, you know, and that they would engage the right external people uh, immediately i would say even much ahead i'm a big i'm big fan of outsource skills um people would just be great in something and you would invite this guy you would tell him well listen i'm considering to acquire this company what do you think you know and if this guy is professional enough he in many cases and it happened to us he would say that company is really bad. And I think you're buying it out of desperation. Why don't you just spend another three months to find a better target, to acquire that? Just don't pick this first guy because these guys are bad. I know them. You know, uh, This is kind of advice that is super great. And mm. you know what? 20 years after that, you keep using that guy because he was honest with you. He didn't say, oh, sure, I'm going to charge you 100K to buy this stupid company uh, because it was you to pick it up. You know um he was honest enough so basically i'm a i am a big fan of uh outsource skills. These guys are experts they will stay on one project between five days and five years, but they would really do something that that you simply cannot afford to have in house. These guys are just better or way too expensive to have them uh, to have them in house um that's first point. Second point is also interim help. Think about integration CFO. Integration CFO is a very special skill. It's like a, a intensive care unit uh, medics. You know, mm-hmm. this guy has to have a cold nerves. He has to know everything about brain surgery all the way up to, you know, orthopedics and so on. And, and he really has to react very fast. But it would be an overshoot to use him in, uh, as, as a pediatrician, you know, because this guy is really working under stress, is working under five minutes scenario. And, 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 and that's what I also say about some integration CFOs. Do you really need integration CFO for three years? No, you need him for 100 to 200 days. He'll fix things and then the normal CFO, which by the way is paid one sixth of, of, of this other guy, He's going to take back on the other side the first guy even that he's paid six times, well he's doing that only maybe a few times a year so that, that that's where the money goes you know so yeah i think um, yeah
0: i think it was also um i heard someone use the analogy and it's probably not it's not maybe appropriate in in today's time but the analogy of having a a, a wartime leader and a peacetime leader you know, people in that are in a wartime uh, that lead, let's say, nations or, or, or countries or whatever, um, they'll have uh, they'll be good at certain things. But as soon as peace arrives, they fall over. I mean, you can probably go back in history and have a look. And then the, the opposite is true. You know, you have peacetime people that are really good at 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 grinding it out and putting systems and processes and things in place and just doing the farming kind of thing. And if there's a crisis, they then crumble and fall over. So, I mean, that's probably just not a great analogy. But there, there are instances in history, if you look at sort of people running countries, but even companies. Um, I want to I want to ask you um, around that sort of. Uh, do you think that that it is realistic to have a hundred or two hundred or three hundred day plan for? different parts of the, um, of an integration? Um, Do you think it's realistic to do things in parallel or in some kind of sequence? Give me, give me an idea because, because I I love your concept about the CFO that that's really good at, at the, you know, they've got to be multi-skilled, but be able to work under stress compared to your average CFO that, not average, but, but the person that's good at, at ongoing sort of repetitive work. So tell me, tell me a bit about the work streams, because if you take on an entity, you've got various skills that need to be addressed. And each one of these must be run either in parallel, in sequence, or both. If you know, what, what would you take as maybe I should ask you like this? what would you take as sort of the priority things that have to happen in the first 100 to 200 days? And what do you kickstart? What do you get going that you know will take longer? I mean, take a, an ERP system, for instance, an, a, a business management system. When you're doing an acquisition, invoicing still has to happen. Payroll still has to happen. There's still a lot of things that still have to happen from a day-to-day basis, but but there might be a need to, to shift them out of that system, to to keep them on the system, to integrate the system. They, I mean, that in itself is a work stream on its own. There's also the people work stream. I mean, there, there, are, there are multiple, I mean, sales and marketing, the technology side where you're very, very strong as well as is what happens if you're buying an, an uh, IP, for instance, you're buying a technology, you're bringing it on board. That in, that in itself has got a legal and other process that has to be followed. Just, just, just to summarize my question then, it's just give me, give me your take in terms of parallel sequence. What are the things to, 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 to get out the, out the way quickly versus what are the things that you need to take a bit of time with in terms of those different work streams?
1: You know what? Being an ex-engineer, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of um, improvisation. You know, I'm not a big fan of like let's see and then fix it. You know, um, I would I would put my approach into two things. You know, I don't speak about 100 or 200, 300 days. I speak about minus 100. You know, uh, my point is that the entire full detailed plan should be done minus 100 days ahead, you know? So 100 days before of the acquisition should be done a full plan because that plan will be wrong, you know, but at least it will align everybody there because once you sit with, with your team and with their team and with acquired team, you know, people will tell you like, it won't work, you know, have to have, you know, the bad thing is at that point, you realize who is the yes man and you just take him out. You know, um, but basically you have to wait, make a minus 100 days plan, uh, because in this case, uh, you must predict everything into that IP. For example, now now a big deal is cybersecurity. You know, we, people, t- people tend to forget it. Okay, I acquire a smaller company, and they're having wonderful RP, so I'm going to take their RP, you know, because mine is building house. As we were growing, we were just adding lines of software and so on. And over the time, I forget that, that my company is big and the other is small, and we will use their ERP. We are going to pay new license and so on, but we are going to look, to forget about cybersecurity because my company that is big is running on cybersecurity to do something, you know, and they are doing on a very small scale um, to, to do uh, various things. So, so, so now cybersecurity, I would say, is the most often forgotten minus 100 days item, you know? Um, So the first point would be that what they call minus 100 days. The second point, um, it's not like, you know, I'm clever, I'm going to make minus 100 and then I'm going to hire a yes man that's going to follow up that, like, you know, the German officer in the second world war, like we were receiving orders. Well, you have to think about that, you know? So the second point is really important. Uh, to, to be able to change things on fly mm. be flexible if you say to somebody like maybe two levels below of you like okay here is your plan we bought this company now go there go to thailand or go to canada and integrate those guys you know well this guy will try to do the best to show me the respect by respecting my timeline and my schedule and my my schedule is wrong you know because There were some things we did not know 100 days before. You know, there were some things that we just have forgotten. Some things have changed over the course of the acquisition. Maybe a couple of guys left, you know, and so on. So keeping all of that in mind, you know, at that point to summarize, it's minus 100 days, very detailed plan. And the second one be very flexible, monitor things and change on fly. If you realize that their ERP that you really wanted to integrate is bad, you you don't keep on doing because your boss told you to use their ERP. You just say, you know raise a hand, their ERP is not going to work for us. It's having cybersecurity flows that are going to kill us. We'll have a huge liability towards our customers, mm. you know if it fails. Our stock price is going to be crushed if you have this cybersecurity attack based on the ERP that we decided to integrate. You know, so so the integration team have to have the courage and have to have the flexibility to change things on the fly. But I am a big fan of providing a very detailed plan because some of the guys will not have the courage to do that. Some of the car some of the guys are pretty much like doing their job for a salary, not thinking too much, you know, maybe they're more intelligent than us, but they're just maybe not motivated. Some of the guys are from the acquired party, they think that they might be laid off or their plans with that company would prove to be different what they thought it would be, you know? So at that point, simply uh, too bad. They're not motivated, you know? So, so yeah, th- th- these would be the two, two parts I'm using, minus 100 days and, and after the change of flight.
0: Like it. I like it a lot. So let me just, just ask you on a philosophy in terms of uh, there's obviously a difference between when you're doing your own acquisitions uh, or if you're advising on acquisitions on M&A. So when, often when, when you're advising, you would need to learn both companies, their strategy, the acquirer versus the target, you would need to understand two entities. If you yourself are the acquirer, you also have to be clear of of who you are and what your intention is and your strategy of acquiring a particular um, uh, target. So so there's a different dynamic for me between doing your own versus um, advising on two parties that are essentially getting together. One obviously stronger than the other because the one is buying the other. Um, I want to talk about the people side because... There's often a conflict where you have an entrepreneur that's got a smaller business, that's being acquired by a larger business, and they've brought the entity to a particular level. They are the the brains and the driver behind it. Now there's a bigger entity taking over. Uh, You also have senior people within that organization that have entrenched themselves. You also have key staff in the target company. As a philosophy, what, how do you deal with it? Do you let everybody reapply for their jobs, for instance? Is that a process? Or do you, would you rather go and assess to see individually first? Do you use any tools for, the, for working with the people? Because obviously in the target entity, they are concerned about their careers. They're concerned about their, their futures. So you got to deal with it delicately, but you also have to know what direction you want to go into, whether it's your own acquisition or you're doing advisory work. So, just tell me about the people process that 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 you like to follow. What is what is your was it just horses for courses again, It's a per you know, per type of company, or was it per target? Give me an idea. Of what what what's your process around the people side of things? Um,
1: you know, on on your um... First question, you know, about the difference when you are on acquiring side, when you know your company, you don't know the other side uh, versus the advisory where where you don't know either of them, you know. Uh, Let let me put that as a joke, but very often you realize what's your company while doing that, you know, and in some cases there are some surprises because you did expect your guys to behave in a certain way, um, but they didn't, you know. So in some cases there are similarities, between just being advisory and learning both sides and just being an acquirer <clears throat> when, when you think you know your people and, and in some cases no um, because also i mean we are human beings you know you're acquiring smaller company and and you're doing MA and you realize that the other guy on the table of acquired company is actually better than you are you know so at that point you actually think like oh is my job on the you know so it, it doesn't necessarily happen that you keep, you know, the acquiring guy, you know, it, it, it can be also the guy from from the other side, but, um, but in general, if we speak about people, I think in any MA uh, people should be the first worry, you know, because normally you acquire other, I'm speaking about technology because that's the sector where I am, but normally you acquire one company about the technology okay, you know, they have great patents, they're having great product, they're having great market traction, and so on. But these products are made by the people. So people very often neglect the fact that they have acquired certain company because of their patents. Actually, they should keep in mind that they're acquiring that company because of their people, because those patents and the technologies made by these people. So Mm -hmm. um, we did part of one acquisition, and it was the part where we were the acquirer, where um, different business units that took care after that the integration process they suddenly decided to move uh the factory from connecticut to san jose california because it was closer uh to the headquarters so thinking that they would control that easier uh, and so on and they lost the recipe no I'm, I'm not kidding you know they lost the recipe because people from connecticut really didn't want you know people having like uh, I don't know, thousand square meter house uh, in Connecticut um, in the middle of green and 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 for the price of that house in in San Jose in the boom days, they could buy a two bedroom small apartment in the condo. So they really didn't feel like moving from Connecticut to San Jose, you know and and my colleague said, like,, oh, that's fine. We have the technology, we have the machinery. By the way, that machinery is is many hundreds of millions of dollars. You know it's robotic we'll just move it but they lost the recipe over the time they had to kill the entire business unit and by the way the guy that had a brilliant idea that people are not important he got laid off um, around the fact that he didn't realize that that company were people sitting in connecticut not the people sitting in san jose or some equipment uh, sent by u-haul from from east to west coast you know so again I'm, I'm repeating it because it's super important in any kind of integration people are the most important and people are the key asset you know if you have a bad product and good people they realize that in time and then they will make a good product they'll make the modification you know if you have a good technology that technology is going to expire you know patent is expiring You'll find a customer that wants something different. You know, uh, you recall Nokia when they had wonderful product. That was the best cell phone, but it expired. You know, people wanted to have a bigger phone with a with a with a touch screen and so on. So nobody cared that that the technology was great. They were not putting enough effort in their in their people. They were putting too much effort in the quality and in their own technology. You know, so on the on that point. Uh finally, to answer your question about how to do it with the people, you have to really be close to them. Mm-hmm. You know, my experience is that you have to speak with them as a team, but then you have to speak with them as individuals, you know, uh, because each of them will behave in a herd, like, oh, we are so happy that you guys acquired us, so now we'll finally have money to receive the salaries, you know. Uh, but on the other side each of them as a human being is having his normal concerns is the other guy better than me should I change the job should I move you know from being engineer for this to be an engineer for that and and as a part of minus 100 days it's also interviewing of the key people and understanding who are the key people because it's not said that the key guy is a cto or a ceo in some cases, you have guys that are director of VP level that are actually more essential for the company than the CEO that is just milking the cow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so key before the acquisition and immediately after the acquisition is to make sure that only people that you want to leave would leave, you know? You need to make sure that people that you want that are essential for this acquisition would stay. Because that's the only way to have one plus one being free, because way too often one plus one is one. You know, I mean, I, I was reading the as a part of uh, this M&A course that I did. You know, there was a huge statistics statistics of the MA. Only thirty percent of M&A uh, deals have achieved what was planned to achieve. Seventy percent failed. Some of them failed miserably. Two of us, we can name at least 10 of good companies that after a bad acquisition, they failed. You know, I mean, not, not when one plus one is one, for them, one plus one was zero, you know, because even the first company went went down after, after some acquisition, you know, I mean, think about some banks in Europe, think about some technology corporation from Silicon Valley that mm-hmm. become zero, that don't exist anymore. They were sold for penny, you know because
0: yeah, of absolutely absolutely right so i i want to i mean as we as we move now closer to the to the end of the the, the episode i want to i want to get maybe some uh, a golden nugget or two a few words of wisdom just some something about something special so we have different people that are, are audience uh, members that that would that listen to this podcast and and some of them would be in the industry and they're just looking for a few golden nuggets others would be interested in terms of doing this as a career um, others would be looking at, at 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 hiring um integration or MA advisors others might be just in, inquisitive um, you know, so there are different people would listen to, to, to this and, and, and the other podcasts. If, if you could give sort of a, a, a few golden nuggets or one, just even if it's one, what's something really unique or special that you could say, you know what, this is one of the big aha moments I had, or this is a learning that I've had, or this is something that I want to carry on going forward or or, or share with with, with with people. So maybe just Give us a give us something that that's that 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 you can think of that we can share.
1: Um, I would I would I would split this answer in two, you know, because of my career that that involved me acquiring for the company, so being a buyer, you know, or a seller. Um, so being involved in the in the in in your own activity. And the second one is being an advisor, where you know you work for the money. Uh, you can be more or less motivated. You might like it more or less, but but you know, in this case, you know, you you are working for somebody. It's his idea. He wants to do it. He invited you to to, to be more of a, like a service provider for him. You know, hmm. um, so in the first case where you are doing the your own acquisition, you know, when you are working on <clears throat> on, on on your own vision, you know, um, two things I would um, I would I would say, you know, the first one is is basically look at very long term trends you know um, many acquisitions were done with a short sightedness you know people were trying to fix their temporary problem and they were putting so much effort in fixing a temporary problem by the time they would have done the integration there would be another problem mm-hmm. to fix you know keep in mind that however how, ne- never mind how good you can plan the MA, it always takes longer and there are always some problems that show up, you know? Not because somebody didn't want to tell you about that, it simply happens, you know? So it is always more complicated than what you think, you know? Um, even when you go to buy a newspaper, you know, it's across the road, but then there is an accident on the road or they run out of that newspaper or you meet your neighbor and you stay five minutes to chat, you know? so uh you know it always takes long so i would always suggest when buying you know look long-term friends uh, trends don't look at uh, fixing a temporary issue um and uh, and the second one is is really be ready to be flexible things mm-hmm. will change you know if you fix that by the next year you want to be hundred million be ready to react, even if you're 70 or even if you're 200 million, you know, because um, things are changing among the things that you can control. Uh, but but especially about the things that you cannot control. Think think three years ago, who were thinking about COVID? Stocks market was going great. You know, uh, life was good. Um, yeah, well, uh, issues with the climate and melting of that ice, but but you know, people were Pretty light-minded about all of that. Now, fast forward, you know there is much more investments in the climate change. People are moving to the uh, cleaner energies, uh, to less dependence from certain states involved in the war, and so on. So, so basically, as I said, look long-term trends and 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 be flexible. That's when you are buying on the other side when you're on the advisory side you know you, you you can say that you're detached from that but you really have to do a good job because otherwise nobody will hire you after that so you still have to put the passion and have a courage also to say to your uh, to your um, employer you know that you're providing a service that some things don't work you know so um, two things i would say on that one you know is is as i as i mentioned ahead plan in details, plan as many details you can, but also have your eyes and ears open to change it because, uh, because you simply didn't plan everything and because some of the things would, uh, uh, would change anyway. And the second about this one is, is be honest, you know, be honest, you know, if you see some things don't working like that, instead of covering your back and saying, you know, oh, it's not my fault, uh, you know just be honest like okay we plan it this way it doesn't go this way let's let's change it on the fly so honest honesty and uh, humbleness uh, is is something that I always find very important uh, when you're doing um, uh, when you're doing advisory advisory work uh, last week we got a big mA agreement you know uh, probably one of the biggest we ever got um, and, and a guy yesterday, when he informed us that he would give that one to us, is because, because uh, my colleague told him about one point that they asked, him, How would you fix it? My colleague said, I have no idea. So I really have to learn a lot to figure out how to fix it. While the, our contender, and the problem is really tricky, you know, mm. our contender said, Oh, that's easy. While the owner of that factory, he knows it's not easy because the guy is turning uh, 80 next year and he knows how much time he to- it took him to fix it and he-, he didn't even fix it, which is the reason why he's engaging us, you know. So, so we got hired around the fact that we said that we don't know how to fix it, but that we'll really, you know, dig under every stone how to find a way versus our contender who said that that's easy. You know, lovely. being humble, being honest, uh, helped to us last week.
0: Yeah, I love your story, and I, and I think that speaks to probably Novika, your your core values. It, you know, who you are as a person. You're curious. You've got a very high work ethic. Um, you've got this uh, sense of um, a knowing of self worth of who you you know who you are. You also have a, a very clear understanding about being humble and and honest and and having the ethics and, and the integrity so i think those are those are traits that that are key to being an MA uh, uh practitioner and and working with people's lives you know you're working with people's lives you're only working with the employees but the owners the ex-owners the the people who you who have engaged you um if you're an acquirer you're dealing with with even with customers and suppliers who rely on that entity that 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 you're engaging with and then all the communities and that 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 are around that so i think the knock-on effect is often a lot bigger um and if you do it wrong and if you have a wrong set of core values i think i think that that that's where where you can you can break down as opposed to uh, you know gr- uh, grow and and grow with your career as well. So so I've got to I've got to commend you for that. I think that that's absolutely brilliant. Um, from a from a core set of values, and I think that that's portrayed. And I think in a lot of the stories that you shared, I want to know a little bit, Novika, about the future. What what do you see for yourself? You know, um, you are clearly a guy that will probably not like to sit and rest. I think you're a guy that's continuously curious, I'm guessing. You like to learn and be challenged. Um, and I think that's the kind of trait uh, that an m and practitioner or an integration practitioner shows. Tell me about your, your future. I mean, I might, that's my guess. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, l- 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 where, where you want to go, what do you want to do? I mean, you've got this, this great entity up and running, uh, and you've got a great group of mastermind people. You've got teams around you. Where, where, what's next? What's, what's the next step
1: or phase? Well, you, you know what? I, I'm, I don't think I'm a person that will ever go to retirement, you know? Um, I, I just don't think that, that, you know, I could cope with sitting home at seven days, you know, but that's a different thing. Um, I think longer term, um, I would move more, more and more into post-merger um, follow-on and um, integration, um, and less in uh, finding deals, uh, working on due diligence, on plans, and these kind of things. Because at moments, you know, uh, particularly when you are when you are proceeding with a certain age, it, it's, it's too dynamic. You know, um, it's like going after deals, finding these deals, doing due diligence negotiating taking an airplane flying all over the place it is becoming too dynamic for the certain age mm. you know so so i think over the time i would probably go away from from that part of thrill you know and and sit more in post merger integration you know making sure that things go well um you know maybe even if i co-participate in creating the deal still um, you know, um, I would just make sure that those deals are, are, are being, uh, being done properly and that the companies are making one plus, plus one being free, not one plus one being one or zero.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I, c- I can see that and, and, and I can, you know, from, from, your, from your career and, and, your, and your understanding of, of the industry, I think the value you can add to an integration process would be would be ap- absolutely brilliant so just uh, in terms of just a bit of personal stuff what's your work-life balance you know what do you do when you're not working <laughs> When you're not being curious and and taking on new projects and and so on what what does that look like i mean what uh, you know how, how do you keep yourself you know on uh, <laughs> balanced <laughs> if if there is such a word
1: <laughs> you know um I was making mistakes when I was younger. You know, a certain point of time, I, I got very fat. You know, it was just all the time in the airplane, all the time. Well, let's use a politically correct word, obese. But, you know, I was a probably more than obese, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was just too much of airplane, too much of uh, dinners, too much of working breakfasts. And, 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 too much of cars taking you from point one to point B and airplanes and so on. Um, what I literally realized luckily in time um, is that, that you have to have time to, to rest mentally but also to work physically, you know? Um, because both are important, you know, that you have time not just to relax mentally but also to have time to think. Because very often when you enter in a machine, you're working, 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 working. Inertia gets you somewhere. And you think like, if I had five minutes to think, you know, I would have done this different. Um, um A little bit to say something about that. By the way, at certain point of time in important negotiations, I was always putting my uh, clock to, to to buzz me, you know, to go to the toilet. And not because I needed to go to the toilet, but because I, I was forcing myself to go 10 minutes to make a break, to, to just to get out of the pot, maybe to think out of the box, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Uh, but yeah, you know, the mental health and mental relax is important. It is also important also to have the physical work. Um, I suggest uh, to people something that I'm doing for a couple of years, I'm putting going in walking, driving bicycle or gym or whatever, tennis, golf, whatever you prefer, just mm. to put it in your agenda like a normal meeting, mm. you know, like it's uh, Monday, 11 o'clock, uh, Wednesday, uh, 4 p.m., uh, and, and Friday morning, uh, 6 a.m., you know, because if you have a meeting with, uh, with the president of the United States, you really need to go there, you know, but if you have also a meeting with your gym at a certain point of time, if you respect that, just make sure you really respect that, that you don't say, okay, this is less important, let's cancel this meeting, but if you really consider that as as a meeting with the President of the United States, you will do good to your health, your both mental and and physical, and you will do also good to your uh, colleagues, bosses, employees, uh, uh, employers, um, because you will be basically in a better shape, not just physical, but you'll be in a better shape and better uh, condition to uh, to do do your work, you know. Doing m&a sometimes you cannot mix some things, you know. But I'm sure that everybody can find a half an hour in a day to do something for himself, you know. Um, work and life balance. If you have to do acquisition the next two weeks, well, you will work hard in the next two weeks. But our job tends to be cyclical. You know, mm-hmm. you'll work very hard for next two weeks, and then for next two weeks you'll be much more relaxed. But I'm saying that even in these two weeks, you can always find half a day, sorry, half an hour to do some physical exercise and I don't know, yoga, whatever you think, just to walk in the, in the, in the garden, in the park. Or so, so yeah, you know, there, there is no excuse for, uh, for working. um, I don't know, 18 hours a a day.
0: Yeah, there's no, and then just carrying on and on, you're going to burn yourself out. I want to ask you, Novika, um, this is an opportunity for you to say, look, if, if you had to meet people, um, if we could do, um people listening to the podcast they want to know more how to get hold of you to contact you um where would they find you if they were interested in in engaging with you in some manner or form what's the best way to get hold of you
1: you know honestly i'm a big fan of linkedin you know linkedin is great um I do tend to answer every message that I get. Uh, Maybe I won't answer that in five minutes. Maybe I'll answer it in five days, but I do answer. Um, Keep in mind that that we're also investors and you really cannot disregard somebody that sends you the pitch. You know, you would think like the best pitches are those that you get from somebody you trust. Not necessarily, you know, uh, the guy is, uh, uh, now we're reviewing the pitch of a guy from Czech Republic. There was no way for me ever to meet this guy. You know, he wrote me to LinkedIn, just mm-hmm. like a two-liner, like "Would you look at this?" I said, "Depends of this and that." Are you meeting that? He said, "Yes." Would you now look at that? I said, "No, hold on. When you need the money and for what, and so on." And guy answered with two-liner, and it took like three weeks. Now when he sent finally the stuff, we're actually doing a due diligence on on investing in his company. You know, so. So yeah, I like LinkedIn. Um, emails, um, not really. You know, um, I'm I'm trying to be a lot of presence at many conferences uh, because of networking, because of uh, meeting intelligent people that you can learn something from. Um, but but yeah, you know, for somebody that sits in a different country, like in Czech Republic, you know, or or somewhere else, I I think LinkedIn is is something that can tell you about people. Beware of the people that are having huge holes in their CV and LinkedIn, like, okay, they started working in 1999 and they worked in uh, IBM for five years. And then they started working again two years ago, you know? So why? I mean, even if they were a housewife, which is great, you know, they, it's okay if they put a line like housewife of, of two great kids, you know, which are now at university. Because it is an amazing achievement, you mm-hmm. know, to have two kids at university or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, LinkedIn is also good for cross-check who is cool. Who. Um, so, yeah, otherwise email, otherwise conferences.
0: And, and what, would you, what you, would you be looking for? I mean, what is your ideal sort of connection um, in terms of a, a deal to invest in or um, a type of person you'd like to, to connect with?
1: Well, as mentioned, you know, we, we are sitting on two chairs, you know, one is advisory, one is investing, you know, so for either of these, you know, depending of, uh, you know, out of these, you know, I, I like when, when people send me like just few lines to check if there is something of interest. Very often, for example, we don't do any med tech, we don't do any pharma and people will send me a hundred slides pitch. You know, about a pharma tech uh, or medical company, you know. Hmm. Well, there are two problems with that. One is my ethics. I'm not going to forward that to anybody because, you know, it would be straight wrong. Uh, but on the other side, what if I could? What if I would provide that to another company that is maybe pivoting at this point of time? And if they would see that, they would learn something and they would steal the idea. You know, I'm not a big fan of somebody that sends me a hundred pages pitch without, without even doing a homework to find out that we actually invest in aerospace, robotics, artificial intelligence, and photonics, and that we are pretty much doing a m uh, advisory in these sectors. You know, if somebody is asking me to advise him about medtech, I don't know anything about that. You know, I've never done an FDA, anything, you know, uh, but you know, we can look about photonics, photonics for medical application. We can look at aerospace. Uh, today, we were working on uh, with a company uh, that is doing a project of sanitization of the Mars uh, colony. You know, yeah, okay, we we're speaking 20 years ahead, but somebody have to do it now, you know? So these guys are are fast forward on the colonization of the Mars. You know, yes, it's medical application, but it's a medical application for aerospace. If somebody knows that I'm in the aerospace, he knows that I would like it. You mm-hmm. know, if he just sends me the formula for a new Viagra, uh, I don't know anything about that. You know, I cannot, <laughs> cannot violate that anyhow. You know, I don't know even the formula of the previous one. You know, so uh, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Novika, thank you very much. Uh, that, was, that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you for your time, for sharing your wisdom and, and knowledge and your experience. Uh, I just want to say thank you to our audience for, for, for listening in today and, and for, for enjoying another episode of 100 Days and Beyond. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at the next uh, at the next episode. And please, if you want to get hold of Novika, you know where to find him. And, uh, and, and and we wish you all your success in your MA and your integration work.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you, okay. Dudley. So we've done change. it. Okay. That was That
0: was very good. That was really, really good. Hi, everybody. This is Dudley again. And if you need help with a future or existing post-merger integration, I want to invite you to arrange a free, no-obligation meeting with us. During the meeting, we'll find out exactly what you need, what your challenges are, and we'll explain how our unique PMI slipstream method can help you. Simply call us or visit mergerintegration.co.uk That's
2: mergerintegration.co.uk or come to our website skillfulpursuit.com